I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse, a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that can make us all be encouraged, want to hear what makes these women passionate and get up in the morning or what they wish that they'd known earlier in life. Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. Today, I welcome a guest, Mandy Aiken. So excited to have you, Mandy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm I'm really excited to just jump right in. Mandy, if somebody were to ask you who you are professionally or personally, what would your answer be? Um, professionally, I am the business manager at 10th Planet Perry uh, Jiu-Jitsu in Perry, Georgia. Um, personally, I am a wife and a mother of two kids um, who enjoy building our family. Well, you're not just the office manager. That um, business comes home with you. So go into the business yes. a little bit. I mean, you guys kind of launched into this business not long ago and, um, and are incredibly right. busy. So tell me about the 10th Planet Perry and how, how you said, okay, let's do this. Um, oh gosh. So it's really been a long road to the destination that we're at right now. Um, so just like a little backstory, uh, Steven and I, uh, my husband who owns Tent Planet with me, um, he has been in martial arts, jiu-jitsu fighting, um, since like 2008. Um, and Stephen and I started dating in 2009. Um, and Stephen lived in California at the time. Um, and it just got really expensive as it is now as well. Um, and so he moved back uh, in the beginning of our relationship. Um, and so it was kind of um, his dream to get back to California. Um, it unfortunately, like I said, being the person out there by himself, uh, it was just hard to survive. It's a really expensive place. And so you have to work multiple jobs, have a partner to share expenses with is obviously a huge thing in California um, or like a reliable roommate roommates. Um, so, so we moved back. I graduated college from Valdosta in 2012. Um, and then after that in 2013, um, I took a job with Geico in Macon. Um, so that's kind of what brought us to the middle Georgia area initially. Um, and then I had an opportunity in 2015 to move to San Diego with my job. Um, and that was a really good position to help myself to further um, my family's income. But then that gave Stephen the opportunity to be able to explore more training options, have more variety of um, training available to him on a regular basis. Um, because in middle Georgia, there's not that much available. Um, which is why we opened here. We wanted to bring something to the middle Georgia area. Um, so we moved back from San Diego in 2019 
Um, and then we opened up the gym in our plans were to open the gym March of 2020. Um, but obviously that did not happen or April 1st. Um, we were in the building February and March. We were going to open April 1st. Um, but when the pandemic happened, that really shut that down. Um, so we opened June of 2020, um, and just celebrated our one year anniversary. I'll say last month, but I guess it's August now. So two months ago. Um, but that's how, that's kind of the full circle of how we got here, where it started. Um, it was, it's always, this has always been Steven's like super big passion. Um, and he was a stay at home dad since Thomas was born, our oldest in 2014. Um, and then he really started working at the gym when we moved to San Diego to get that gym, that business experience of the gym. Um, so we kind of switched roles in our, um, I wouldn't say kind of uh, the who who makes the more m most money in the husband and wife scenario. Um, so I, I always had initially in the beginning um, of our marriage. So that's when after we got married, um, I was making more money in the family. And then Stephen was supporting Thomas at home. Um, and then he did the same thing when we had Charlie, our second child in 2016. Um, so we really twisted those roles and kind of separated them where Steven's able to be able to provide the majority of the support for the family. And I've now played more of a supporting role, which Steven has always played. Um, so it's a nice kind of yin to yang in our family, um, how he had kind of just twisted that um, to work out for our family. So. Well, that's interesting I I because a lot of families can't do that. They, they, they just can't. But one, there's a couple of things I want you to go down this road. One, you knew what you were getting into. Maybe since he was sure. already into the martial arts when you met, or was that a complete surprise of what this was going to be like? Um, I now I probably didn't know the ins and outs. I didn't know exactly how far people will go to fight for their position in martial arts, um, whether that's down the path of having nothing. Um, and as long as they have martial arts in their life, then everything else is golden. Um, a lot of people don't don't realize that fighters or martial artists will will give up all of their earthly possessions to continue to do their martial art, whether it be jujitsu, MMA, karate, taekwondo, whatever it is, when they find that passion, um, they will let everything else go as long as they can still continue to train in that passion. Um, and that's for Steven is jujitsu at this time. Um, it's his outlet. It's, it's, it's anything that if anything's bringing him down, if he's got a lot going on in his life, if he can't get to jujitsu, um, it just holds inside. Uh, so that's taken some time to realize as well as a spouse um, that, that he needs that that's an outlet for him. Um, so a lot of people don't realize that if you don't have a big passion of your own um, and, I, and I don't have many other hobbies. So I assume people who do art is the same way people who enjoy music, play music, singing um, It's that passion or that outlet. Um, I guess people don't realize it's the same thing with martial arts for sure. So yeah, you yeah. definitely, you don't see outside in. Well, and then when you're, when you open up a gym, all of a sudden you're the provider of that. So that is a lot of pressure. So how do you handle that pressure when you're both working in the gym and then at home? How do you, how do you balance that, you know, to where it doesn't just absolutely encompass you 
to where you can't breathe yourself? Um, I don't, I don't know if I know that answer yet. <laughs> um, we're still finding that balance. Um, like I said, we're just a year. We've never owned a business before. We've never, I've always worked for somebody else. Um, Steven's always worked for somebody else. Um, so in starting a business from scratch, basically it was, um, it was rough. We had the kids in, in daycare and school in the beginning. Um, so it was easier for us to at least try to concentrate on the gym. Um, but we brought Charlie out of daycare in February of this year. So she's been at home with us most of, most of the year. Um, and then Thomas was home during the summer, but we really just had to carve out time for ourselves. Um, you, and to the point of putting it in a calendar, in a planner, um, Steven has a massage on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock and cross referencing each other's planners. We have, um, our kids are very structured to the mind of let's look at the calendar and see what's going on because we have so much going on in our lives. Um, so we have a calendar in our kitchen. Um, Thomas helps write what's going on in the calendar. We're out of town almost every weekend doing something, um, which is something that Steven and I, um, as our parenting, uh, we want our kids to be doing stuff. Um, it's not something that we were fortunate enough as kids to be able to just go and do all the time. Um, people, you know, they make jokes or whatever that, you know, you just play outside until the streetlights come on and that was your, that's what you did. And that is literally like Steve and I both growing up on a dirt road in the country. Like you played outside and you barely, you know, you really went on vacations because my dad was a farmer. So he couldn't go um, away from the farm. I mean, more than a day or two without feeling like something was going to be a disaster at the farm. Um, so that's a, uh, that has taken some time for us to be able to leave the gym and trust somebody else can run it while we're gone. Um, Cause that's the exact reason that we built it so that we have that freedom to, um, to be on the move. Um, like, I mean, if you look at my calendar now, it's there's somebody, either Steven or the family um, or the kids, we have something almost every weekend booked until October at this point. Um, which is which is fine by us when it's i think we survive on we, we have to be moving um because if something's stagnant something's gonna go wrong um so we just have to constantly be looking for that next thing um and it's kind of just like that um like you're just looking for that next thing to satisfy um, your urge or your craving right then and that's what we do um we just use our calendars to like if I can get through Tuesday and Wednesday, I know that Friday is going to give me this. And I know that Saturday is going to give me this. Um, so it's, it's just like kind of like step goals um, in your life. If you're working in a more of a structured office setting, if you, if I make three sales today, then I know I'll get my goal for this week. And it's the same thing for us, but our goal is we get to go on vacation or we get to go wherever. Um, like it's funny, Stephen and I say our kids love to go to a hotel. Like that is the coolest thing to them is to go to a hotel, sleep in a bed that's not their own and wake up to continental breakfast. That is, <laughs> that is the life for my kids. 
Um, so we're just happy that we can provide that for them. Yeah. Well, y'all do a lot of going, but you are, um, in a position where you're so giving to where I know Steven's heart for the gym is to put back, to give back, to put back into the fighters, to, to just build people up that way. And that's your nature as well. So how did y'all grow that in yourselves? And are you growing that in your kids? Um, I think growing up, we really had to work um, for everything that we had. Um, so I think you just, once you get to that point in your life where you um, realize that you have enough to share with others, um, that you should. Um, and I think that's more just of a principle of both of our lives that if we're at that ability or at that moment in our life or our, our cup is overflowing, um, then at that moment you share. Um, and I think that's just, I, I can't really say where, I assume that's just some sort of principle that was just given down from my family and Steven's family and that that's what we do now. Um, like just a small example, I guess we argue to our kids, um, in San Diego, um, there was homeless people all over the place. Um, and it was Thomas's like, every time we stopped at a stop time, he's like, do you have some food? Do you have something you can give them? Um, cause we had to explain it at first, you know, Thomas was three or four when we lived in San Diego. Um, so you have to explain like, why is this person coming to my window? Um, why, why are they out there? Why aren't they, you know, in their house or, why does it say they need food? Like, why can't they just go eat? Um, and so our parenting style for me and Steven is to be as honest and as giving of information as that child can process. Um, so just to explain they're homeless, you can't just say, oh, they're homeless. Cause then the question is, well, why are they homeless? We have a home, you know, like why, why don't they have a home? And so we like, we just, we probably give way more information than uh, I think than we were given as kids. Um, so it made us think, well, I would have asked more questions, but my parents just never told me. Um, so it's kind of both of our parenting style is we give, we give as much information as we feel that their brain at that time can tolerate. Um, so I feel like they really grew compassion um, for others in that way, because like I said, in San Diego, we would get an extra burger at McDonald's because we knew there's going to be some people um, at the intersection at the red light when we're leaving. Um, we were just the, the firefighters with the boots came up to the, uh, the car the other day. And the kids are like, let's let the window down. Let's give them some change. Um, so I think, and I just hope that if my kids are in the same position to give back, um, that we're instilling those same values in them. If they're at a position where they have more than they need, um, or even just enough um, that they feel that they're able to share um, with others. So, well, I think that's in, kind of where we're in your um, in your gym. You have a children's program, kids program, and so mm -hmm. you see a lot of kids come and go, and you see um, how they interact. Do you see that same compassion um, being able to show itself in martial arts, and and how that can that whole exercise of discipline that martial arts offers is, is that 
a good thing for kids? What, what do you see the benefit there? Uh, definitely a great thing for kids. And I think a lot of martial arts sell their program as bully proof or um, uh, get the, the wiggles out. And while those things are true, um, martial arts really does give you a lot of those things. Um, I think the bully proof aspect is, is just basically teaching kids to be kind um and to offer help um but one specific example of what we do in our program um when we have a new uh member coming to the gym we have a buddy they buddy together um so that seasoned uh child that's starting the class partners up with the new child and teaches them everything hey i'm gonna do this you're gonna do this um so it's kind of like we're not leaving anybody behind um, we have a buddy system. Everybody that gets somebody new comes in with a buddy. Um, and it's, and a lot of time in the beginning, everybody's like, Oh, I don't want to be the buddy. That sounds really hard. I, I, I can't do hard things. Um, but at this point in our program, they are raising their hand. They want to be the buddy. They want to be that person, um, that helps. And it just gives them a sense of pride. One, they get to show off everything they know. Right. Um, <laughs> but two, then they get to help that person. Um, and so sometimes they don't realize the second part. Um, they don't realize that by them showing everything that they know, they are then in turn helping that new person feel comfortable, uh, go the extra mile for them. Uh, but indirectly, that is what they're doing um, by learning those little, those little social cues of really taking the extra step to help somebody you don't know um, because these people are brand new to, to our gym. Now, very small enough, you might actually know that person that came in. Um, but generally you don't know that person. Um, so it's just, it's just stepping up to help when it's, when you don't have to. Um, and that's like, like you said earlier, that's kind of, kind of what we want in our family. That's what we do in our gym. Um, so small stuff like that in our kids program that really, um, helps set it apart for sure. Uh, that's fabulous. And, and when you opened in the, during the pandemic, that just twisted every family that just made it all upside down. And you had to somewhat be the calm for some of those families. Talk about that timing and with your kids programs and what you've seen both, you know, your peers and everybody have to deal with and that and, and, and it not being completely over and school and all the programs and, and what you're having to kind of coordinate now. That's a bit of anxiety. I bet. Oh, for sure. Um, and we've even said multiple times that it was really great that we weren't prepared to open in February um, just to have to fill the the burden of closing March because um, we it, it just really timed out itself perfectly because we looked into started we started to look for different places to rent in December of 2019 um, and we found a place or we found where we're at now um, in like January. Um, but this particular realty company hadn't really done much commercial um, real estate for rentals. Um, so they were really working on some background stuff with the landlord um, or with the owner of the building. So they couldn't get our, um, our contract written up until February. Um, and so when we wrote the contract in February to start March 1st, um, they gave us like a month build out 
to allow us just to tear down the walls and make it whatever. Um, so due to their inexperience with commercial real estate, it pushed us out a month, um, which was actually perfect. And I've, I've heard Stephen tell this story multiple times that um, we, we didn't have to feel that burden of shutting down because we weren't open yet. Um, so I know a lot of gyms, especially a lot of gyms in the Tenth Planet um, Association, had to shut down like cold turkey all the way. Nobody can come in. Um, and we just, we, we never had to experience that. Um, and we're very thankful for that, that we didn't, we didn't have to lose business because we never started. Um, so we, we really just came out on the good side of things um, on the timing there. Like I said, due to someone else's lack of preparation, it really set us up um, to start on a good foot. Um, but even starting, even in June, there, there weren't, uh, there were still people who were like, uh, I'm not going to start a brand new passion. I'm not going to, um, roll jujitsu of all things where you're in somebody's face. You're, um, you're all in someone's personal business. There's no, um, there's no hiding against each other. The, the distance wasn't something you could really accommodate. Um, so we had small classes in the beginning. Um, not, obviously, we were a brand new gym, so small classes were going to be normal. Um, but that was the, the unknown. Was the small classes because it was due to the, the pandemic, or was it small classes just because we're in a tiny town um, and it just hadn't, just hadn't hit yet. Um, but it, I mean, I think we've had maybe like one person, uh, leave the gym the whole time just cause they didn't feel safe anymore. Um, safe due to COVID, not safe that they didn't feel comfortable in our environment. Um, and I just think that it, it I don't know, it just worked. Like I said, it's just timing. It was just perfect. Um, now we've had, I think some people have, been exposed to COVID, um, like not the first person in the gym that had it, but maybe somebody that they saw had it. Um, so we've, we've never had to close down the gym for someone in the gym having COVID. Um, so we've never had to go down that route. Like I said, we've had some people do like their 10 days because they maybe worked with somebody or they were close to somebody. Um, what well, we've like, we've just Oh my goodness. Somehow we've made it through without, I mean, knock on wood somewhere before yeah. I, uh, <laughs> before, before I send us down a terrible road. Um, I'll knock it, on it for great. you. Yeah, it's been great. I know, like I said, coming from California, they've shut down real hard a few times, more than once. Um, so I know that they have felt the pain um, of not being open. And so I quit my job when we opened uh, June of last year. So I was with Geico for almost eight years at that point. Um, and so I just quit my job, cold turkey, took out some 401k um, to help kind of ease the first few months to get through the gym. Um, and we just started to turn around rather quickly um, to start being in the positive there um, to really support the family. So it was it was a whirlwind, but, but somehow Definitely. it worked. So. Well, and it being a, a business owner is, is scary. So do you have those moments where you're just like, Oh my God, what did we do? And maybe we shouldn't. And, or, or do you just, are you able to just kind of sail through and go, Nope, it'll be fine. 
Um, Steven won't allow you to sit there and think about all the bad stuff. Um, cause I'm like, well, how are we going to buy such and such? Or how are we going to buy? And he's like, it, it'll be there. I'm like, well, how? Like I'm, I'm, I need, I need some, like, give me X, Y, Z plus 10 plus 10 equals this way we're going to buy it. And he's like, he's like, it's just going to be there. He's like, you just keep working how you're doing. You're obviously doing the right thing. I'm like, I need some, some concrete answers. And he's like, I don't have them. He's like, I don't have concrete answers. I can't give you that. Uh, but what I can give you is if you just keep doing what you're doing, it's going to provide. So <laughs> that's not probably uh, everybody's mantra, but Stephen won't let you go. Uh, he won't let you go down that path of what if or how are we going to do this? And he's like, just, just keep on going the way you're going. We're not making any drastic changes. It's been working. Um, so why are we going to, why are we going to get a uh, negative Nancy about it now? So, uh, we are definitely, I am the, the questioner. I need answers. And Steven is that other side that it's, it's going to happen. You just keep doing what you're doing. It's going to happen. So thankfully he, uh, he, he won't allow that to those thoughts to come through. So it works for the both of us. So that's, how do you get that in a marriage? How do you get so in sync to where you each play the role that you know you play um, and stay in sync like that? How do you do it? I, I wish I had the magic formula. Um, I think we've been on both sides, though. Um, I think I've been, I used to be at that point, that person is like, oh, yeah, we got this. We'll push through. Um, we'll, we'll make it happen. I think probably when I was in college and Stephen was working um, to, to support us, um, I think I think our roles twisted. But I think as we've grown as adults, and Stephen's six and a half years older than me, um, so I came into the relationship as a 19 year old and Steven was 25. Um, so our life experiences at 19 and 25 were very different. Um, so I have this bright, positive outlook. I'm going to college. I got this look at my life. And Steven's like, okay, I get it. But you know, life's hard sometimes. Um, so I think we've just kind of melted and blended. Um, I think you figured that out in the first few years. If if you if you don't have that yin to yang, I I just don't think it's gonna work. And I think I hope that most people figure that out pretty quickly in the beginning. Um, that if you you and your pounce partner don't bounce off of each other, um, or maybe not bounce off, that might be the opposite reaction. <laughs> if you and your partner aren't able to flow with each other, then it's not gonna work. Um, so I think that's just something that we were able to both figure out pretty quickly that in whatever turn of the tide that we're in, in that moment in our life right now is that we're always able to, to flip whatever the opposite of what the other person needs. So. And being 19 coming in and you, you had your dreams and your goals. You didn't give those up. You, you persevered through and got the goals that you had set. So do you find sometimes that you're each other's cheerleaders? Cause I know Steven has had some goals along the way and you're right there. So is that part of it is just being that cheerleader and encourager and, you know, sucking up and being the one who's got to get you to the next point while the other one's finding that dream. 
Oh, that, that is exactly what we did. Um, like I said, so when I was in college from 2008 to 2012, um, Stephen was working in a restaurant, minimum wage, doing whatever he could um, during the day. And then he would do uh, mixed martial arts at night. So he would go to the gym um, and fight. So that's what Steven was doing. That was his passion at the time. And, and it was just push, push, push until you could finish school. Um, and then finishing school is what got me. Um, having my bachelor's got me to Geico in a very well, um, well-paying position to be straight out of college. Um, and then at that point when I went to college or when I went to school, had Thomas, that's when Steven, uh, we decided that he was going to stay at home. Um, so that's exactly what he did. He um, helped push my passion at the time to get me where I was. Um, we're very, Stephen and I are very thankful um, for Geico, the positions that it put us in, uh, been able to uh, promote through that company um, very quickly and able to go to California, really solidified Stephen's opportunity to open the 10th planet where we are now. Um, and that's when we made that shift last year into letting Stephen step forward um, and now pursue his passion. Um, and I'm here to support him um, mentally and then physically, and, you know, at, in my position at the company. Um, but we definitely made that shift. Now, was it hard to go from making, um, making the money in the house to not being that person that provides? For sure. Um, that was very mentally taxing, being comfortable to say, I'm not making that money anymore, but now we're making it together as a product of you. Um, so for sure, that's definitely a, a, a headspace that you have to, you have to get around. It's, it's hard to go from making money to being the breadwinner to being the, that support person. Um, I'm not going to say that was the easiest part of opening the gym. It's definitely the hardest. Um, one of the hardest parts as a, as a family to open a gym together is to be able to give up that control. Um, but it's, it's so easy now just to let Stephen take control um, and to be in that supporting role. So it's taken some time, but we're definitely at that moment where I take he takes the lead and I, I follow and fix anything that needs to be done. So how'd you work through that headspace? I mean, you talk about it being difficult and I, I can understand. I mean, a, a stay at home or just somebody who's not bringing in that when you can physically see what you're doing um, and it's more measurable then it's a little bit easier, but how did you, what did you do? What kind of um, routine or what did you do actually to get through that? So I really had to start making myself goals. Um, so being at Geico is very structured. Um, you have stuff to do. As soon as you open your computer, there's a list of stuff for you to do that day and you got to get it done before the day's over. Um, and I never really realized that I was like a list follower um, because I never manually wrote out lists. I never like did that check off to do list. Um, but I realized that Geico gave me lists and I followed them. Um, so I didn't in my mind, I was like, Oh, I don't need structure. I'm a free will person. I can, I'm just a, I got this. And, and I wasn't, I, I, I needed some structure because when I'm left to my own, uh, devices, I, I, I don't get anything done. Um, so I think that's really where we got into our, um, our calendars and our list making in the past, uh, probably like eight months, I would say, 
Um, not in the beginning of when we opened the gym, because uh, I definitely was like, oh, I got this. We'll just we'll just freestyle it. And that was that was not the way to get it done. Um, I had to give myself stuff to do. Like I had to praise myself um, because I was a boss for so long at Geico. Um, I was constantly praising other people. Hey, you met that goal. Good job. Let's push it. Um, but I didn't I didn't have that external motivation anymore. Um, when I became my own boss, I was like, oh, wait, who's going to tell me I did a good job or who's going to tell me I didn't meet my goals? Like, that's my job now. Um, and so I really had to think, what did Geico give me that made me stay there for so long? And it was the structure. Um, so I had, I had to start making goals for myself. Um, and then once Steven realized that I needed goals and I needed structure, he started to then say, okay you you need some you need a square because you like to sit in that square and that's fine seems like I can't sit in a square because I sometimes I need an octagon sometimes I need a circle sometimes I need you know we're different shapes I'm like no I need that square and if it changes I'm not I don't know what to do um so we started to together to give me goals um and it, it wasn't anything major in the beginning like the first day or so it was make an email or write, draw up a, uh, an ad campaign, or I just, so I started to have to give myself tangible written down goals, um, that I could just, I could check, check off that list. I did this, this, and this. And then I would just show Steven the list at the end of the day. And he's like, Oh, okay. It, it made no difference to him. That didn't affect his day. But then it was me saying, look, I did my job today. Um, whatever my job may be it can vary from day to day but I would I just started writing down everything I did I I had to have some sort of written down something that I could reach for because otherwise if I if I didn't have a goal then nothing was going to get done um I had to sit down and say this is what I do um so Stephen and I now do that before we go to bed like all right what's tomorrow tomorrow's Tuesday what do you have to do like today it was I usually work out at like 9.15, but I couldn't do that today because of the um, podcast at 10. So I was like, well, maybe I could do the 8 o'clock. And I was like, no, can't do the 8 o'clock, taking the kids to school. So I was like, well, let's go 4.30. Let's just completely throw it off and go 4.30. So Wait, like, in like, the morning? Out. Yeah, I went, I went to the gym at 4.30 this morning Woo. Um, to, to, to make the podcast and to take the kids to school on time. Thank you for that sacrifice. Out. <laughs> you're so welcome um but we do that we before we go to bed we we were like well what's tomorrow wednesday okay what's our schedule at the gym what's your midday what's your morning um and we just hold each other accountable um because if not like i said i could sit and just days off and get through eight hours and have nothing accomplished yeah. um so I, I had to learn because, I, like I said, I thought I was that free-spirited person who just gets stuff done. But I, I, because I never made my own goals at Geico, they gave you the goals. I thought that I was working independently, but I wasn't. Um, I was working to fit the goals that they gave me. So I had to figure out how to give myself goals because that's never something I had to do because it was always given to me. Um, in college, here's your syllabus. Finish this by the end of the 12 weeks. Um, and as soon as I got to Geico, it was very structured, very goal oriented. Um, so I just had to figure out how to 
set goals um, as a small business owner, what are goals? Like, what do you need? Is it financial goals? Is it to-do goals? Um, and so we've kind of found a mix where it is a financial goal. Um, you have to make X, Y, Z every month in order to pay your bills at home, to pay your bills at the gym. Um, so that's kind of been now where I structure my week and my month is based off how many visits I'm going to have at the gym. Um, where am I going to find the extra money to make sure we hit that same monetary goal um, every month? So that's kind of now that I've learned how to set goals. Um, and then when I accomplish them, it feels even better because it's a goal I made for myself. Um, so that's been kind of that, that's that flip of being in the corporate world to um, doing it myself or being um, secondhand, like not being the number one. That's Steven's job, and I really appreciate that. But what am I going to do? What's what's my job um, besides just sit at the desk? I, I have to have something to do. So making goals was hard. Still I is hard. That is huge. Um, I mean, the fact that you hard. figured that out basically within that first year, even less than a year, you figured that out because you, you weren't – full own for the the entire year. But I really like how you said you had to figure out how to praise yourself. What a huge monumental insight that that is because women, moms and entrepreneurs, that's probably one of the toughest thing is to praise yourself. Um, We're very quick to be critical but to praise ourselves. So um, that is just, I like that so very much. How would you tell somebody to look for ways to praise themselves? Hmm. The only, the only way that I know that I did good is if I checked my boxes Um, or Uh, currently my, I guess my new monthly goal is to make more money than I did the month before. Um, and so if you have a supportive partner, um, now obviously we own a business, we're a spouse, so it's husband and wife. Um, but I assume some small businesses or a lot of small businesses, it's not your spouse that you're working with. Um, so your, your spouse or your partner, whether it be a an actual partner or a business partner, they have to know that you have goals and that you're working on them. Um, and something that I've always learned in my management training is you have to celebrate the wins. Um, whether it's a, for a child, you tied your shoe, like I tie my shoe every day. Um, but Hey, you tied your shoe today. Good job. Um, or, you know, I show up to work every day cause that's my job, but some people struggle to come to work every day. Hey, good job for getting here. Thank you for that. Um, so, so I think when you learn to praise yourself, you have to have an accountability partner um, so that they understand that you did something. Um, I feel like that's kind of ambiguous, but Mm-mm. it's Stephen has to know that I have goals and then I share with him that I made those goals. Um, now, sometimes he doesn't know the goals like verbatim what my goals are um but we do help each other make my goals so that he can hold me accountable um but as soon as i I hit that list or i hit that check mark whether it be um 
and the actual check marks sometimes I just kind of run them off in my head um it, it's it's my accountability partner to know like I could have not met my goals for three months if I never told Steven my goals um and he was sort of thought I was you know just soaring around getting stuff done um but it's okay I guess it's okay to fail um because if you're not failing then you don't know when you're doing a good job um if that makes sense um uh, like like when i don't make my goal i still have to i still have to tell steven i didn't make it um and i guess that's probably the hardest part is admitting your defeat um for that month or that week or whatever it may be um but then admitting it out loud then that kind of puts that pressure back on you to reset that goal, uh, change that goal. Maybe it was too lofty. Um, but as long as I have somebody telling me you got this, keep going, um, is when I kind of can get that praise and then I can give it to myself. Some people just need kind of that outside. I know I do. Um, I need someone to help hold me accountable. Um, that's why I started doing group fitness just recently. Um, I'm not one to go to the gym by myself and just work out like it doesn't work. Um, so I started like a, a little boot camp class at a gym nearby. Um, and Steven and I know that like, I'm not going to work out by myself. It's not going to happen. I'll sit there and twiddle my thumbs and be gone for an hour. Um, <laughs> I, I need that person to hold me accountable. Um, and I can't think of the name of it right now, but, um, oh man, it's just a book Steven and I listen to. When we drove back from California, it is the four, oh man, it's like a, the doer, the questioner, the, um, the appeaser, oh my goodness, let's see if I can, but it's, uh, it's going to kill me, but my, let's see, the, is it Gretchen Rubin? No. So figuring out your personality basically of yes. how you accomplish yes it has it i need external support um and i also need to know why um i am down to help your cause if you can tell me why it's going to benefit it doesn't have to benefit me um or just what the benefit's going to be it really helps if you are in some sort of management position um, to know what your personality types are for your, um, the people that you lead. Um, because if you know that they are like myself, so if they need external motivation um, or if they need to know why, like for example, I wear an Apple watch or a fitness watch because I need to tell my watch that I worked out for the day. Um, I don't need accountability, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And it, it and it's funny um, because it's true. Um, I need like people make jokes or whatever. Oh, I didn't work out if I didn't start my watch or whatever. But it's true. If my watch didn't tell me I worked out today, yeah. then by golly, I didn't work out today. Or man, um, if you didn't get to count those 10,000 steps, what was the point? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even do it. Life didn't even happen. Um, but it is it's so true. So I, I need that external motivation um, to really push uh, 
push myself. And since Stephen knows that, we took the we both took the test together. The four tendencies. That's it. Gretchen Rubin. It is Gretchen Rubin. Okay, so I'm not crazy. It is Gretchen Rubin. Um, and she also lives the Happiness Project, or she runs the Happiness Project. I think it is. Um, but it is the four tendencies. So if you want to read that book or you want to go online, take the quiz, it is a great, and then, so there's four, but you can always, what they say, swing or lean to one way. Um, so it's not like a hard set. You, if you take the the quiz, you're only going to be this one way. Um, but it is, it is very eye opening to know, like I said, if you're, if you're in management to know what your peers, what kind of personality that, or what kind of tendencies they have. Um, personality is not quite the right word because it is a tendency. It's how you um, tend to, to live your life. Um, but it's also good to know for your spouse. Um, like I said, Stephen knows that I need external motivation, or external accountability to do something um, that I'm not that person who will just do it on my own. Um, so reading that book and taking that quiz is very um, eye-opening for our relationship um, as husband and wife and then also as business owners um, because I know what he needs support on and he knows what I need support on. Um, and then obviously those things can change. Um, the personality types is something I did at work one time. Um, and they say it can change after big life events, having a child, getting married, um, your tendencies or your personality can change. So we just took it two years ago and I think we're probably still spot on, um, from what we were, but definitely, definitely highly recommend Gretchen Rubin, the four tendencies. Well, that sounds like you consciously put some work into knowing who you are, knowing who your spouse is, knowing who your business is, knowing who the people you work with are. Um, that takes a good bit of effort. And then do you see that you can kind of, because you've read and studied and applied, do you see that coming through in your kids as well? Maybe not the kids yet. Um, well, I take that back. Um, so we can pick up, I think we can pick up what we think the kids' tendencies are. Um, without them taking the quiz, right. um, obviously they're not old enough to, to apply the questions and answer them correctly, but we've made our assumptions of what we think that their tendencies are. Um, and I think we have used some of Gretchen's, uh, applica real life applications to work with. So <laughs> to work with them as if they're our coworkers, but they really are. Um, kids are really your coworkers. You spend time with them just as much as you do, um, your coworkers in a brick and mortar. Um, so it, it, we have figured out a little bit of their tendencies of what we think if they were to take the quiz and follow the book, um, how, how you, uh, react or how you ask them to do something. Um, like for example, I, I like to know the why behind things. Um, and I think our kids are very uh, similar. Um, so if I tell them, hey, get in the car, let's go, it's not going to work. It's, hey, we're going to go to the grocery store so we can get you some snacks because you said you ran out of applesauce. Let's get in the car. Their brain is, oh, we're going to get snacks for my applesauce because I ran out. It's not just get in the car because I said so. Um, and kind of what I was talking about earlier, I like to give them as much information as that, that they can process at that time. 
um, based on the maturity level. Um, so if all I have to say is, hey, let's get in the car because we're going to get snacks for school, they're sold um, rather than, hey, just get in the car because I said so. Um, and that's not even – some people don't need that rationale. Some people are are just followers and it's, hey, get in the car. They're like, cool, let's go. Um, but we we have been able to – just kind of determine what our kids' needs are um, and just go ahead and put that out in the beginning instead of it being, oh, well, I don't want to go. And it's like, well, yes, you do because you want to get snacks. And you're like, oh, you're right. I do want to do that. Um, so it's kind of just putting that information first so that you don't have to um, just relive that in five seconds because you know that's <laughs> going to be the next question. Um, but like I said, some people are, are, are blind followers, which doesn't isn't in a negative thing, but some people – they just, they just have blind trust and they're like, sure. You said, let's go somewhere. Let's go somewhere. Let's go. Um, not my kids, <laughs> not my kids. Well, Mandy, um, y'all did they a, definitely need to know the why. Y'all did an international trip not long ago. So there come some challenges with that, but then the life experience groundwork that you're laying is, is phenomenal. So what, what's it like? What would you tell that parent? who's going, nah, I'm going to leave them at home. And I mean, sometimes there's times to leave them at home and sometimes there's not. So what's your thinking on that? What was that experience like? What was it like seeing some of those things through that you saw some of the experiences through their eyes? Um, so I guess to answer your first question, uh, where some people say, uh, just leave them at home. Um, well, we did both. Um, so we take the time to take them, but we're also going back without them. Um, and I think a lot of, and I think that's a really a hot topic in parenting currently um, is going on vacations without your kids. Um, uh, it just came in kind of like a, a meme on Facebook recently um, about taking your kids on vacation or not. And my answer is do both. Um, if you, if you're available, if you have the time or the means necessary, uh, to do both then then do it. Um, we enjoy taking our kids. Um, they, our kids love animals. Charlie is a huge animal lover. Um, she wants to be a big animal vet when she gets older. That's her current, um, future occupation. She wants to take care of giraffes. She wants to take care of giraffes at the zoo. So um, that's her current uh, obsession. But um, I mean, to see. So I, let's see, I went to Zoo Atlanta when I was in like third or fourth grade. Um, and that's probably the first time I can remember seeing uh, wild animals, whether it be monkeys, zebras, elephants, all that stuff. Um, and we had a San Diego Zoo pass um, when we lived in San Diego. Uh, a year past who we can go whenever. So our kids were no stranger to um, animals, but to see a monkey in the street, just knocking away at fruit as you're walking to the beach is uncomparable to any zoo experience you can have. Um, like there's, I mean, you can pay to feed giraffes, which we did a few weeks ago. Charlie absolutely needed to, be the giraffes. Um, but there's, there's nothing like slowing down. Um, cause we went to Costa Rica and so, um, you don't have a lot of Wi-Fi. There's no fast food. 
we didn't even rent a car this time. We just rented a golf cart because um, there's no need for a car. We didn't have to get anywhere fast. Um, and we just rode a golf cart up and down very, very bumpy dirt roads. Our kids never lived on a dirt road, um, <laughs> much less even seen one for that matter, to be honest. Um, so Costa Rica is just, it's just, it's just going slow. Um, it's taken back from, now they load up on a device on the way on the airplane because it's four hours nonstop. Um, and then another four hours you get to the coast if you're taking a, um, a shuttle or something. So don't get me wrong. They get their, they get their full dose of electronics on the way over there, but we just kind of just cut it off, turn everything off. Um, not only out of just the want, but there's just no opportunity to really use, um, all that stuff there. Um, I mean, then we went to the beach growing up. Like there's, uh, we always went to the panhandle cause we are from South Georgia. Um, but it's just not the same. It's, um, it's just different. The texture is different. The water is different. Um, you have little mini islands in front of you. Waterfalls. My favorite thing about Costa Rica is finding a waterfall. Um, I just always want to find some sort of waterfall um, on every trip we've made. And I try to do that in Georgia too. I mean, I like going to high falls just because that's something personally I like is I like, to, I like waterfalls. Um, so that's something maybe my kids don't really enjoy as much, but it's something I do. Um, we went on a coffee tour. Um, Thomas tried coffee for the first time, um, like ever, ever, ever. He's never had coffee before, but he Did tried he like it, it on the coffee tour. Black. Um, he liked the first one. He didn't like the second one, just straight black coffee. Um, right out the uh, little tap that they had there. Um, he, he, he likes to think he's a YouTuber. So he's like, um, I think I really like this note here. Um, but I don't really like the one that was made from lava rock. Um, but I just, we don't, we don't have that opportunity here. So I know my kids are young, but hopefully, um, they'll be able to remember this stuff. Charlie's four, almost five, and Thomas will be seven on Saturday. Um, so I know, and Steven knows, we can both remember stuff from that age. Um, maybe not Charlie. She's a she's little bit on the younger side. We may not remember much from when we were four. Um, but I can definitely remember stuff from second grade when I was a kid. Um, so we just felt that it's important to start making those memories now. Um, so we took the kids when they were, when Charlie was one and Thomas was three to Costa Rica. Probably not the best idea. I'll go ahead and say that. That wasn't, that wasn't the best idea that we had. Um, Charlie was still breastfeeding and, uh, both of the kids still needed regular naps. Um, so I'll just kind of suggest probably not to go international at one and three, but we did it. We learned, you know, life goes on. Hey, it um, may have laid the groundwork um, though for you and you know, made the next oh, time sure. a piece of cake in your mind. Well, it definitely did because now um, I've been to Costa Rica four times, three times. Steven has been like five or six. Um, and then he's having uh, the camp in Costa Rica in October. Um, so it, it definitely, definitely laid the groundwork for Steven to um, make friends, make business acquaintances down there um, to have a spot and availability for us to go back and run these camps. Um, this is Steven's second camp down there. He had one in 2019. Um, couldn't have it in 2020. Um, but this is going to be a second camp in 2021. Um, so it definitely, through the stress of having two children in Costa Rica, two babies, 
um, it definitely uh, paid its worth its weight um, yeah. at this point in our lives. Well, I think that's fabulous. Um, you know, we've talked a, a bit about the gym, but you know, you also practice martial arts and then the women in the gym. So talk to me a little bit about that, that, that aspect of uh, a woman getting on the mat and was it intimidating the first time you said, Hey, I'm going to do this or, you know, how do you feel about being the athlete there? And then, you know, those that you see coming in and, and how they cope and deal with it. So I started jujitsu with Steven when I was in college still. So like, let's do some math here, like 2011, probably. Um, I made Stephen buy me a pink gi because that's what I needed to assert myself in the gym was a pink gi. Um, so we did a lot of gi uh, when St- when we first started doing uh, martial arts um, or jujitsu in general. <clears throat> but then I started to work at the gym that we went to. Um, so I had more opportunity to train. Um, there wasn't. I mean, even, so we lived in Valdosta at the time, Valdosta, Georgia. Um, there was maybe, I, I might have been the only constant female um, at the time. And uh, one or two mate more came in, but wouldn't last and stay long at all. Um, but even, so not even women coming in feeling intimidated. Men would come in and feel intimidated because they didn't want to roll with a woman. I was like, oh, she's too fragile, X, Y, Z. I don't want to roll with her. Um, But I always made it a point to roll with those particular people um, who felt like that either they were too strong or scared or whatever it may be um, to let them know that, hey, I'm just a person. Like it doesn't, that doesn't matter um, on the map and it shouldn't matter. but it's, it's weird. Like even in our gym now, um, I think we have three women who train on a regular basis, um, out of all of our adults. We have like probably 40 adults in the program and like three are women, just three. Um, and then we have a lot of girls in our kids program and I hope that they really stick with it and make it to a teenager's program and go to the adults. Um, but it's just, I don't know if it's just the stigma. Um, I wish I had a good answer why more women don't join jujitsu, but I don't, I, I can't just because I've been around it so long. It's just, it's just so normal. Um, I can't really wrap my head around why, um, now I get, now I, I am one who can't train a lot because I do have the kids. Um, so I don't know if maybe a lot of the position that women are in is that they're, um, they're at home with their children. Um, not to sound too stereotypical. Um, but that's exactly what happens in our, in our family dynamic. Um, it's that Steven's teaching and somebody's got to wrangle these kids, um, to, to put it politely. Um, so it's just been really in the past two months that I'm able to 
train without thinking that my kids are going to destroy the gym while we're training. Um, because I started to train a little after Thomas was one, I got back into it. Um, so that was like 2015. Um, but Steven's always taught at all the gyms that we were at. Um, the gym has been Steven, Steven's place of, uh, of solace. Um, so when we go to the gym, that's an opportunity for Steven to, to do what he does best to teach. That's his job a lot of the times. Um, so at that point it's time for me to step back um, and take the role of parenting at that moment. Um, so I think we finally gotten to the age of our children where I can leave them be without like a, a hand on their shoulder, um, for them to actually like, just have a chill, like 30, 45 minutes without, um, somebody, you know, biting somebody or taking someone's <laughs> toy, whatever it may be. Um, well, and I've heard people say, if that anybody's at our gym, they understand. <laughs> well, if anybody has kids, they understand. Um, so, but I've, I've heard people say that when you put a foot on the mat, it, it's hard to think about anything else. And so for sure, it's not something where you can just be peddling and look over and, and take care of something. You look over and you, you, you've gotten hurt or you've hurt somebody. So, so it's a lot of mental game there. Um, what does it feel like as a mom to throw yourself into that kind of mental game? Um, I mean, your head's going 90 miles an hour. Because as I'm listening to Stephen teach and I need an important piece that he's saying, my ears are also saying, well, my kids are really quiet like right now, <laughs> which I'm thankful for. But also... <laughs> That's kind of scary. But then what does Steven just say? Because he just said something really important about how I get this, um, this particular move to work. Um, so it's those three things that are constant. It's like listening to the instructor, listening for my kids or a lack of my kids, um, or trying to come around and give them that, that death stare real quick, like cut it out. This is not the time. Um, gonna have to have all that going at one time and how, how parents do it, even if it was flipped, if it was me teaching and Stephen was trying to wrangle the kids, how anybody as a parent with young children, um, jujitsu, all the kudos to them. Cause I know that their brains are going 500 miles an hour trying to think, even if the kids aren't there, that's enough. That's a whole other, um, thing in your mind is, well, if I have this extra time to train, well, shouldn't I just be with my kids instead? Um, so that's like a whole other world of anxiety. If you wanted to go down that path, well, if I have an extra hour to come to the gym, this is something I'm doing for myself. Shouldn't I just use that hour to be with my kids? Cause I was just at work from eight to five all day and now I'm coming here. Um, so it's a constant world of how, how much time I should spend here versus there. Um, and I think it'll really change. Um, both of my kids are in school now. Um, so I have the daytime to try to maybe uh, work on jujitsu or martial arts and then be able to spend that, that evening time not trying to force my kids to play at the gym and be, kind of be more involved at that point. So yeah. I'm really interested to see we've kind of taken a different or we will be coming into a different season in our lives where 
Um, the kids are going to come home and they're going to be tired. They're going to want to spend time with me and Steven. Um, they're going to want to talk about what they did that day. Um, or they might just want to sit down and take a nap. Uh, Thomas, he's almost seven, but boy, does he get tired. Um, I, his little brain has to just be going 90 miles an hour as well because he still takes naps. If if given the right environment, Thomas will still lay down and take a good nap. So, yeah. so that's going to be something different. For both my kids to be in school, um, Charlie's the baby, she's in preschool. So just a, a new season we're about to embark on um, with the school year and the gym, being able for me to be at the, the forefront of the gym in the evenings like I need to be, but also taking care of my, my children's needs. So that's something, um, like I said, it's, it's something new that we'll have to, to get through here shortly to see. Um, see how that works for us. So. so one of the things I'm hearing you say is that, you know, you, you mentioned seasons and then you're talking about, um, you're talking about mommy guilt on a whole nother level of, you know, not just professional, you know, where, where should I be at home? Should I do this? But then finding that me time. But this morning you got up at four 30 and went. So you obviously think that there's some balance to, the importance of me time, does it go back to those goals that you're setting and being able to check off those boxes? Is that a mommy Uh, guilt help tool? Yeah, I I definitely wouldn't have went at 430 if I just, uh, if I was doing it just for just, I don't even know why I would go if I didn't have a good reason. Um, (laughs) Like, yeah, I, 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 and so to have another external motivator, I signed up for a trial at this gym that I'm going to and it's four weeks. And I'm like, well, I pay for four weeks. So I'm going to get my four weeks worth. Um, so that's another, that's a, a Mandy motivator is I paid for this. So I'm going to, I'm going to use it. Um, so that's to me, I'm like, my, I was even telling my friends, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm a little tired. I got up at four 30. They're like, Nope. I just would have said, not going to the gym today. I was like, yeah, but I paid for it. Like I got to go. Um, so it's definitely, uh, uh, setting those goals because, uh, Steve and I have lost a lot of weight in the past, like six or eight months just with a a good diet change. Um, so it kind of came to a plateau. Um, and so we're still doing the diet, but we've, um, started to incorporate, no, obviously Steven works out a lot more than I do. Um, but I've started to incorporate more of a, a work, a workout routine or exercise regimen, um, to keep, to keep my goals moving. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I have to be working towards something or my mind just goes, it just goes to a blur. Um, like I said, if I like Thomas has a birthday party this weekend, so I know I've got to get per- party supplies. I've got to set the balloons. I got to get a cake. Like I have to have those step goals to get through my week. Yeah. Um, not that I'm in some stress chaos tunnel, um, but if, if I'm not marking daily hourly goals, then I will wind up doing nothing for seven days and just come out of like, well, that's life. We'll yep, move on. There went a week. Um, well, let me ask you this. You yeah. talked a little bit there. You mentioned, um, nutrition and y'all, you know, working on a, an eating plan. And so real quickly, talk to me about that. Cause that's tough. You're talking about having a career on in the gym, B 
being nutritionally sound and, and having that in the forefront of your mind, feeding your kids, feeding yourself, feeding a fighter, feeding who sometimes is, is in fight mode and sometimes it's just the daily mode. So that's a roller coaster in and of itself. How do you do that? What's your, and I know motivation and checking boxes and getting a plan, but you know, what's your go-to nutrition? So, so again, I, I need external motivation. Uh, so we hired a nutritionist um, who would text you daily and said, have you drank your water? Um, what did you eat today? Um, are you getting tired of these meals? Do you need to try something different? Um, and so she would um, make our meal plans for us. Um, and the meal plans were very specific um, to the point where your grocery list would tell you if you need black pepper and cumin and it would tell you everything you need. Now we had to cook them, um, which was fine. Um, but she made the list, um, changed them as needed based off our weights, off of our progress, um, and was just there to, to hold you accountable to make sure you're eating right. Um, she would text and say, Hey, how are you eating? And you, you can't lie to somebody like that. You can, <laughs> but what's the point? Like, what's the point? What is she going to do? Get mad at you? You're paying her. Um, so, um, <laughs> you, like I would literally drink my water. Cause I'm like, well, she's going to text me tomorrow and ask me how much water I drank today. So I better drink my gallon of water. Um, not because I want to be healthy or anything, just because she's going to hold me accountable tomorrow and ask me how much water I drank. Um, so Stephen and I, it's taken us a long time. And I, and I honestly think, um, like I said, we did those tendencies a few years ago. It's taken us a long time to realize that it's okay to reach out for help, um, for simple stuff. Because like, Oh, I can eat. I can, you know, I can download a, a emails off the, the internet and it'll tell me what to eat. Um, which is true. I mean, you can make a, a meal plan off of Pinterest for in no time. Um, but it's, it's asking for that little bit of help. Um, just from somebody who's in the know and knows how to hold you accountable. Um, it, it makes, it makes tons of difference. Like you sometimes, like, I don't know. I've never hired a nutritionist before, but when we did, it just took leaps and bounds um, off of our goal time frame. It just, it just helped. Um, so you can be like Stephen and I can hold each other kind of like, oh, what are you eating? I didn't make that. Um, but it, it's really not the same thing because uh, sometimes when you start to banter between a spouse, it's like, okay, let me eat my Reese's in peace. Um, but then it's like when your nutritionist like, oh, well, what snacks did you have today? And you're like, mm, I had a Reese cup today. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Do you think that was a, is it going to fit your macros? Should we take something out, um, to meet that, uh, extra peanut butter you had today? Um, it's just different. It's, and sometimes accountability from your spouse, um, is definitely di different from accountability from somebody you pay. Yeah. Um, it comes from a different headspace. Sometimes it can feel naggy um, if it's coming from a spouse. Um, yeah, I wondered so, yeah, about that. Um, I wondered about that when you were talking about the accountability between the two of you. It's like, at what point do you say, go away? So 
there there got to be times, but having that outside accountability on all kinds of things um, sounds beneficial too. Definitely, um, and it and there's at a point, and there's no there's no magic point, but there's at a point where if I've been held accountable and I still don't do it, seems like okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep breaking it up. Because you either don't want to do that particular thing. You, you told me to hold you accountable, but you don't want to do it. Um, so I'm just going to drop it. So if you succeed at that or you don't, that's on you now. So now you have to understand what you, how you got in the situation. Um, which is then I'm like, oh, okay, I really got to do it now because yeah. now my accountability partner is gone. Um, that's the teacher so mode that's coming all, out. That's like, a, that's like a third level of accountability. <laughs> yeah. Um, well now I'm just going to do it despite you. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's just a, an ongoing dynamic. Like there's no, it's not easy. It's hard a lot of the time. Uh, but we just have to be mindful of each other though. That's what we're here for. Um, like I said, being a business partner and a spouse, it's different. Um, it's not the same thing. I can't just go home and leave you at, at your job because you come home too. Like it's the same place. (laughs) I can't rid myself of my business partner and I'll just see you tomorrow. It's like, no, you're at home too. So, um, you have to make those changes and, uh, be able to, uh, accommodate those changes as needed. So it's been awesome. And you have really um, dropped a lot of gems and, and shown, you know, the real, struggles of having goals, making goals, missing goals, realigning goals. I mean, that's, that's tremendous. Um, so question, if you had 24 hours, one superpower, and you can use it professionally or personally, what would you choose? How would you use it? And really, why would you choose? I would probably want to make myself a kid again. So I could be my, in my children's eyes to see what, what they're thinking, what their brains are going through, um, just so I could be a better person for them. Um, yeah, like what Thomas, he just, he gets frustrated a lot and it's like, I wonder what his mind is thinking. Like, where, where is he going? Like, what's his, what's his thought process here? Um, so maybe not to be a kid, but to at least like, see inside someone else's mind like to know what their thoughts are and how did you come to this conclusion like why did you think this was going to happen because clearly nobody gave you that um that insight that xyz was going to happen because he sets up he sets himself up for failure a lot and it's like dude nobody we didn't say we were going to crackle barrel for example he wakes up he's like so mad he didn't go to crackle barrel and it's like but nobody said we were going to Crackle Bear. Like, where'd that come from? Um, so sometimes I just, like, wonder what's going on up there. Like, I know we've all been kids, but it's like, where, where's, the, where's this click and this ting and being that's going on up there that's crossing wires sometimes? It's like, what are you thinking, kid? Where does this come from? Um, so definitely probably to be, and I guess I could work for more than just children, just to be a, a mind reader, just get in someone's head and be like, what are you thinking? And sometimes that might be, a mean thing like what are you thinking you dummy um maybe that would maybe maybe i'd be like where are we not connecting lines here um but I, most especially with my kids they're very emotional beings so sometimes i'm just like 
where does this come from? Maybe we could just put these pieces together if I just knew what was going on in your brain. Um, so yeah, mind reading abilities, maybe that's, maybe that would be the, the easy answer for kids and adults. Um, I like that. that. I like that. And then being able to kind of apply it to life from there on out kind of gives you a big mm -hmm. bang for your 24 hours. So maybe, yeah, yeah it's a multiple. This has been awesome. And I thank you so very much. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely.